Welcome back into The Voice of Reason right here on the Hoosier Media Network. Always appreciate you hanging out with us today. Super excited to have this guy back on the program. It's been a while since we've chatted with him uh, as we wrapped up 2021, and now we're kicking off a brand new year and the shenanigans going on in Washington, D.C. He is the congressman for the 5th Congressional District in the great state of Ohio. It's Congressman Bob Lada with us here. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Excellent. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. It's great to talk to you as always. Uh, we are definitely kicking off the new year with a bang. We've had a lot of legislation. Democrats are 0-2 right now trying to pass the Build Back Better plan, trying to pass the voter rights bill, haven't been able to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate. We officially hit one year of the Biden administration in office, and I really want to start with that one. Is In that first year, obviously there hasn't been a whole lot of legislation passed. It's been more executive orders and executive action through the Biden administration, but overall... Uh, I mean, Biden's poll numbers are down. What's your take on the first year of the Biden administration, and where have we come in the last year? Well, you know, it's been uh, pretty disastrous for the country, the best way to say it. You know, when you think about, first of all, inflation being at 7%, which is a 40-year high, 40-year high. And then you think about uh, Americans out there that were getting uh, some pay increases over the past year, but actually they've seen their overall uh, wealth and uh, go down. And also, when you think about uh, those paychecks, it's really, they're down two point, about 2.4%. So, you know, it's a, it's a variety of factors. Uh, you know, the administration and the Democrats can't try to keep spending is all they can do. You know, last year, they passed that $1.9 trillion package, which they called labeled COVID relief, but only about 9% went to COVID. And, you know, where, where's the rest of the money at? And, and now they're saying they need more money for COVID. But, uh, you know, it's uh, just their typical spend, spend, spend. And, uh, you know, then with the president, uh, you know, last year, killing the Keystone XL pipeline on the first day he's in office, that's 850,000 barrels of oil coming to the United States from Canada every day. Those 11 or 11,000 uh, really high-paying uh, construction jobs on the Keystone were eliminated, you know, with a stroke of a pen. And, you know, we this country had been seeing that we were getting uh, energy, hopefully, self-independent here. You know, when you think about that we could outproduce Saudi Arabia, we could outproduce Russia on any given day in oil production, becoming the number one producer of natural gas in the world. But what's the president do? Well, he puts more and more restrictions on our companies out there. It's going to make it tougher for them to do that. And at the same time, he turns around and takes the sanctions off what they call Nord Stream 2, which is that natural gas line coming in from Russia into Europe. And the president, that's okay. And, uh, you know, here in the Midwest, especially in Ohio and Michigan, uh, we're having a problem with what they call Line 5, and the governor of Michigan wants to shut down Line 5, which is about a $5 billion uh, line in uh, economic uh, income for us all in this area, and thousands and thousands of jobs. But, uh, you know, here we go. And then you think about the Ukraine. You know, the Russians only know one thing. How, how do you uh, work with them? Well, you got to show strength. When the president killed the Keystone XL, when he approves taking off the sanctions of Nord Stream 2, when you think of the president then, uh, uh, you know, saying, you know, in a speech, well, maybe a limited invasion, you know, what, what in the world? You know, I've never, I've never heard of anything like this. So, you know, when you, from everything from... Uh, you know, trying to get uh, the nationalization of our elections, and thank heavens, you know, you had, they, they, they held in the Senate to prevent that from happening. But it's just one thing after another, and you wonder why this 
president's poll numbers are down in the 30s. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, you you mentioned an inflation rate hitting 7% year over year, and it's going to continue to climb. We saw a story that inflation's not even going to start going down until next year. So we have another year to battle through some of this. Between the lack of energy independence, when we're going into a cold season, I'm really worried about another uh, February like we hit last year where we saw negative 20-degree temperatures and, and cold plants that weren't allowed to open back up. That's going to be a cause for concern. They say that the economy's back on track, but yet people aren't necessarily spending on more things, they're spending more money on the same goods because they have to just try and survive and, and get what they can. It's a disaster all around. The big question is, how does the Biden administration come back? Yet, every time they've made a loss, they don't try to retract it and try and do something popular to, that would gain them in the polls. They double down and they try and say, well, it's because we weren't able to pass it fast enough. Uh, when we see the child tax credit that, that ended at the end of the year that they're still trying to ram through, this voting bill because they're concerned about the poll ratings right now into a midterm election, they don't seem to get the concept that we need to grow and change policy direction. They just try to double down and find a new way to do it. Well, you're absolutely right because, again, when you uh, look what uh, the president's done and what he says or what you think he said because the very next day the White House says, what's the president mean to say when he's out there talking is this? <laughs> And uh, But one of the things you need to look at is the number of retirements that are now happening in the House of Representatives. You know, we're well over two dozen uh, Democrats saying they're not coming back. Another Democrat from Tennessee with over 30 years in the House announced that he's not coming back. And so, you know, these people are starting to all see the handwriting on the wall. They don't want to be in the minority. They don't want to lose their, their gavels uh, and have to sit there like we have to, unfortunately, and listen to the stuff that they're coming through with. But, you know, what we've said is, hey, uh, Mr. President, you know, we said from day one, let's let's try to work together. But uh, there has been no cooperation, no willingness to work together. And you think that when you have a 50-50 tie in the Senate and only have a five-seat majority in the House, they're acting like they've got uh, – uh, vast majorities in both of the houses and think that the American people want that. And it's just like, no, uh, they have completely misread the American people. And, but they just think that, uh, you know, they're, they're socialists and socialists think that uh, their way is the only way. And socialism and democracy don't go very well hand in hand. And they're just taking us down that road to the destruction of our economy. And uh, it's uh, it's scaring a lot of people now. Yeah. Have you heard from your end on the House side of them trying to do another version of the Build Back Better plan or at least tying it into maybe a COVID stimulus again or at least trying the uh, child tax credit, a.k.a. the universal basic income that they try to do for a monthly paycheck to individuals? Are they trying to find a new way to put that onto the floor and pass that again? Well, what you heard from a lot of the uh, rank-and-file Democrats, they said, look, that Build Back Better it was a disaster form. It's not going anywhere. And that they're saying, you know, what we need to do is try to pass uh, smaller things so we can say, oh, look, we, we passed different pieces of legislation out there. But, uh, you know, things that the American people are watching, you know, and one of the things that they could regulate and, and stop ever having uh, put up again are those gas prices, you know, that people drive by every, every time they buy, drive by a gas station, you know. Your prediction is that we could be over $4 a gallon by the end of the year. And again, uh, you know, people, you know, you can't, you can't go out and buy a, a new car. You can't buy a new truck. Uh, used car prices up around 40%. I mean, it's just, when you look at the cost that people are, are facing out there, you go to the grocery store. You know, when, when in our history, remember, you go to the grocery store and you find shelves that aren't stocked. 
when you find, you know, you look offshore and, you know, they had 75 to 100 ships that couldn't come in. You know, what, what's this president doing? How is he leading? And he's not. Uh, you know, I can't even say he's leading from behind because he's not even in, he's not even in the game. So, uh, you know, the American people also know that, uh, that uh, on drug overdoses, we went over 100,000 people dying last year from drug overdoses. A lot of this is attributed to his policies of letting uh, everybody come across that border. You know, they interdicted over uh, 6,000 pounds of fentanyl. That's enough fentanyl to kill every American seven times over. And what's this president doing about it? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. I'm glad you went there on the immigration side of it. We just saw a headline yesterday that the Department of Justice under the Biden administration had made the comment that they're in support of many of Trump's policies when it came to immigration. And at the same time, now that we've seen another headline of near 40,000 immigrants just like disappearing in the country, we have no clue where they are, where they went, that now we're talking about electronic trackers that try and keep track of these individuals that are coming into the country. There's a way simpler process to do this. Isn't there, Congressman? I mean, instead of trying to electronically track individuals that we can't find once they just disappear in the country, we could, oh, I don't know, maybe not have them come into the country until we actually vet them, process them, and do it the right way. Well, you're absolutely correct. Because, again, you know, President Trump listened to Border Patrol. And when I was down there in 2018, uh, I was meeting with the same people that were briefing the president. And that, uh, you know, they said, hey, look, give us give us the ability to put up these barriers. And they didn't call them, you know, uh, a wall from east to west across the United States. They said, this, let us put up the barriers where we know we need them. Yeah. And by doing that, we can stop 95%, 95% of the traffic coming into this country. And we're not just talking about a couple of countries. We're talking about, you know, over 160 countries that they're, that they're stopping now when these people come in to find out where they're from. You know, when when Chinese are coming across the southern border, you know, I want you to explain to me why does a Chinese have to pay fifty to seventy thousand dollars to a human trafficker to get them in the United States? What's going on? So, you know, we've got uh, an issue there that uh, if the president would have listened, which he did not, because he's, I guess he's he's all knowing, you know. Uh, like John Carson when he used to uh, do his uh, thing where he put the envelope to his head and he'd give you the answer, then he'd read what the question is. Yeah. But uh, but this this is what we're getting into is a guy that thinks he's, he knows it all. But the problem is, not only doesn't he know it all, he's got to have his White House every time he's out there speaking say, well, this is what he meant to say, or you misinterpreted what he said. And it's just like, no, we all heard what he said. Yeah, well, most people can't understand what he says, although he does say that him and Vladimir Putin are able to communicate very nicely together. So there's that. But you're right. It's almost like uh, Dr. Fauci, where he's not uh, advocating for science, but he says that he is science. So therefore, we need to reference uh, Dr. Fauci for all science when we try to reference science. And I find that kind of comical. There's kind of a God complex going on on the Democrat Party right now. And it's a little disturbing. We're talk- uh, talking with Congressman Ron, uh, Congressman Bob Latter from the 5th Congressional District, uh, Congressman out of the great state of Ohio. Let's shift gears a little bit here. And first off, congratulations, uh, Congressman, on you got an A-plus rating from the Susan B. Anthony organization. I'm a big fan of Susan B. Anthony and, and their uh, movement there. But we just had the March for Life movement in Washington, D.C. over the last weekend. Obviously not as big as it usually is because of maybe COVID protocol and some of the shenanigans going on out there. But uh, the National Pro-Life Scorecard, where you got this A-plus rating, number one, that's huge going into an election year because people, I think, is going to be a big focus this year 
on that topical issue with uh, with abortion, with the right to life, with that sort of thing. But there's also a big movement where we potentially could see some law changes from the Supreme Court this year on the same issue. Well, absolutely. You know, just going back to the number of people that uh, came to Washington, one of the problems, of course, you brought it up right off the bat, is on the protocols that they've set up in Washington. You know, here's the crazy thing. The, the Democrats believe you should not have to show an ID of any sort to have to vote. You know, that's your sacred right. However, they think in the nation's capital that you need to show that you've been vaccinated to go into a restaurant now. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah. what's, you know, tell me what's wrong with that picture. Right. So, and then you've also had the Democrats, uh, you know, putting the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment makes sure that we're not having taxpayer funding of abortion in this country. And what do we do? We have the Democrats out there killing the Hyde Amendment right now. And the American people are watching. And I've got legislation that I've uh, introduced that uh, we're, especially with chemical abortions, more abortions are being done every year with chemical abortion. But, you know, what my, my legislation says is this, look, we know that one in three women might end up in a uh, emergency room by taking these drugs within 30 days. That uh, you don't really know, you know, by uh, what date they should be taking a drugs like that. So I'm saying, hey, look, we shouldn't be approving any new drugs. We shouldn't be dispensing through telemedicine because you're not even seeing a doctor in person to get this. This is, you know, this we're talking about a life here. And uh, the other thing is that uh, the labeling, these things, these drugs are dangerous. And, you, you know, the FDA, we can say, oh, no, we'll go ahead, I'll go our merry way on this. And this is why it's so important that we take back the White House. But it's also something we're not seeing out there is goes across the board with everything, that the House of Representatives is not having any oversight of this administration. Why? The Democrats are not bringing them to tow at before us in committee because they do because they, they know it'd be an absolute disaster on everything that they bring these people in for. So you named the department. You named the, because last week we had a few people in from the energy department, and uh, one of the things that uh, you know we didn't really uh, listen to what they were talking about overall, but we wanted to ask some hard, fast questions of what was going on out there because we can't because. They're not bringing the the secretaries up to hold them accountable for what they're doing. Yeah, and that's all going to change next year on January the third, when uh, good Lord willing, the House is taken over by the Republicans and Nancy Pelosi will no longer be Speaker. I'm telling you what, there is going to be a major dynamic change going on in Washington, D.C., where we can actually advocate for what we want to. We can pass our bills, and we're going to put Joe Biden on the hot spot. And if he's still president at that time, you know, who knows? I mean, Kamala Harris may try and, you know, trip him down the stairs by that point, or they try and run him out because of his extreme low approval ratings, that uh, there's going to be a dynamic change, and it's going to be a stagnant two years for the Biden administration, and Republicans might actually be able to start getting some stuff done. And this issue, these social issues, I think, are going to come up when when it comes to uh, the, the abortion issues, when it comes to gun issues, when it comes to other major things right now that many conservatives and Republicans are worried about, we might actually be able to put in some uh, some defenses there. Well, you know what? You just brought up something. Uh, what, another thing that's really being talked about, that you didn't hear much talk about during the Trump administration, is crime. Yeah. All of a sudden now, people are afraid in the, in the cities, you go across the country and look at the crime statistics and the number of people that are being murdered. You know, you know they don't even talk about Chicago. And this is, you know, uh, you go look at Chicago's numbers. 
I, I'm not sure if uh, this is something you'd have to go back to prohibition when the gangsters were were you know in Chicago running large portions of the city. Yeah. But this is absolutely uh, scary. What's going on out there? And the American people are scared. And uh, you know, I've been an advocate for for concealed carry. I, I years ago when I was in the Ohio legislature, it came through my committee when we got concealed carry the first time through Ohio. But, you know, people want to make sure that they're safe and secure. They want to make sure that their kids are secure. And uh, But uh, the Democrats, again, uh, are soft on crime. And what, now when they want to do something, you know, all of a sudden we're finding out from these uh, prosecutors that are being elected by who? By ultra-far-left billionaires that are putting these people in that are no longer prosecuting their, uh, these criminal cases. And, you know, so you're, you talk about a group that's soft on crime, they're soft on crime, and, and they're getting hammered on it. And that's why, uh, you know, a lot of these Democrats are quitting, because they, they see the handwriting on the wall, that there could be a wave coming that's going to take them out, and a lot of them, and uh, put us in. But then again, we have to show the American people that we're going to get things done. But I always have to remind everybody that we'll still be in a situation, even if we hold the House, still won't have a two-thirds majority to ever override a veto. We won't be able to override a veto over the Senate. But we've got to do, what, number one, is show the American people that we can govern, and number two, that uh, we're going to hold the Biden administration accountable because this is what we have to do. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's going to be tough to get anything done, but at least taking a stand because Republicans for so long, once they do get the majority, we seem to lose the ability to govern and actually lead and actually get the policies done that we said we were going to and i think that's hurt us and if we prove that we can do that then we might be on the right track here we got just a couple minutes left it's congressman bob ladder from the fifth congressional district of the state of ohio let's talk about ohio for a second some stuff you've been working on in the state including a a partnership with intel as you you made a, a an announcement on your on your Twitter about an investment there that could bring some jobs to the area and some employment opportunities but what's going on in the state well, you know, uh, we have a major chip shortage in this country. We all know it. It's, it's chip shortage around the world. And some people might think, well, how does that affect me? Well, you think about everything from your uh, cell phone to your television to your car, your truck, your washing machine, your dryer. They all have chips in them. And we need to make bring those uh, chips uh, manufacturing back on shore to the United States. And Intel made their announcement saying that they're going to, uh, uh, down in the central Ohio area, uh, bring a massive plant in that's going to create thousands of jobs. And then it's going to just be on top of it, there'll be tens of thousands of jobs there. So it's, it's a great, it's going to be a great thing for the state of Ohio, but it's going to be a great thing for the country because, again, we have got to change our supply chain in this country. We've got to become more reliant on ourselves. We can't think that. Uh, we can rely on uh, foreign countries that are going to get us things because we already know that so what happens if uh, Red China out there uh, in their saber rattling right now, you know, they had every day they're sending up aircraft into Taiwanese airspace. And Taiwan makes a lot of chips. So, you know, here's a, the, the communist Chinese are out there trying to uh, really have a massive sphere of influence 
uh, in the, when you look at uh, that area of the world. And uh, we've got to make sure that we have these chips being made in this country, yeah. and, uh, and we got to get that production going as soon as possible. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? Actual independence uh, on numerous different levels, not just the energy level, but technology as well, because you're right, we've relied so much on outside forces for our technology, our cell phones, our computers, and it's been uh, just a dependency that we need to start cutting away from. So much going on, and I know that it's going to be a wild year. I think that Republicans have the momentum if we don't find ways to screw it up. Hopefully we can find ways to you know, rally the troops, and I think that right now between the number of candidates Republicans have all over the country with the amount of frustration that we have from the voters that we have a great opportunity and right now the polls are showing that five to seven points up over democrats overall in the nation and we can keep that and we can actually get some stuff done it's congressman bob ladder from the fifth district of ohio always great to talk to you my friend happy new year to you i'm glad things are going well there keep up the fight in uh, dc and let's talk again here real soon absolutely well, thank you very much and have a great day